Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. I would like to start off this episode um, with like a little anecdotal story from the days when I was a uh, runner in cross country back in high school. So there was one day I was running. It was real hot. Okay. We're in Arkansas. Let me set the scene for you. Okay. This is Little Rock, Arkansas, August. It's a Saturday morning, eh, maybe seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And it is already 90 degrees outside. And we ran as a cross country group when we had our summer runs and our weekend runs. Um, we ran on the river, on the Arkansas river. So he got 90 degrees at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, the sun is already beating down on you and there's eh, maybe 75% humidity, 80% humidity. Okay. So I'm running or at least trying to, okay. Mainly dying. And I think I was on like a five mile, I think it was like a five, six mile run that we were doing that day. I get to mile like four. I have never felt a stronger urge to poop in my entire life. I had to stop running and just like stand there for a second. Again, we're on a river trail. Okay. So I'm looking around like, what am I going to do? I'm probably at least three quarters of a mile away from the nearest bathroom. I'm like, okay, well, I can either run there and make this worse or I can walk and be out here in the heat even longer and potentially not make it to the bathroom. And so I'm like trying to do like this duck waddle (laughs) walk slash run trying to get my little butt there as fast as I can. (laughs) So the cross country coaches that we had, um, they mainly just ran with us. And I remember there was one of, there was like an extra person. Arkansas has a lot of like, Arkansas has a phenomenal trail system. And so there's running clubs, bike clubs, hiking clubs, like everywhere you turn. And so I think that this other person that was just so happened to be there that day was like a friend of one of the coaches from one of these running clubs or something like that. I'd never seen this man before in my life. And so I'm and I can see the bathroom. I'm so close. I'm maybe like 200 yards away from the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, Rachel, you're so close. You just got to get there. You're right there. I'm like walking at this point because I like, I cannot run. And (laughs) this man comes trotting up next to me. And like, you can tell that like he runs 12 miles for fun. Like that's kind Mm -hmm. of the level of he's at where he's just like, oh my gosh, I couldn't get in a a long run today. I only went 27 miles instead of 52 today. Exactly. Like he's at that level and I'm like there dying running five and also about to poop my pants. And he comes like jogging up next to me and he's just like, it's easier if you run, I promise. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. And so he's like trying to motivate me, which I appreciated like from the outside. Like I'm sure that I looked like I was like actually on the verge of death. I was in physical pain at this point. And so again, I'm still like trotting, like trying to keep my butt cheeks clenched together and make it to the bathroom. And he's just like trying to be so encouraging up 
next to me. She's like, you're doing great. You're doing so good. Like, keep going. And so we finally get to the bathrooms and I just like veer. Like, I don't even say anything. Like, I just veer right off and go straight to the bathroom. I made it. Thank goodness. Um, But that was one of many stories that I could tell you about all the times that um, Mother Nature came knocking during a cross-country run. Um, Running makes you poop. That so all of that to say that's what we're talking about today (laughs) is that is what we are talking about today. Um, We love exposing ourselves here on this podcast. I thought that would be a really fun way to start this. That was really good. Um, Gives you a little bit more insight into uh, into Rachel. (laughs) This episode was born because, like I said, I've been running and I Rachel and I we have boundary issues with each other we do we as in we don't have any we have none (laughs) yeah i was trying to think about how to like we have no boundaries we tell each other like the like we update each other on the consistency of our poop like if rachel's constipated i'm gonna know about it she's gonna be like man i haven't pooped in three days and i think it's because my diet's changed so like we have just like i said really actually no boundaries we should probably work on that but i was talking to her about my struggles recently I told I've, my things that have made my overactivity worse have been running related recently but I have had this really really bad problem exactly what Rachel talked about it's like for me it's mile three four and my body's like and we're done so I've started structuring my long runs with like a loop around my house so that I can go to the bathroom I'm signed up to run a 10k weekend after next and I was like, I don't know if there's going to be bathrooms. Because, like, marathons and right, half marathons, right. that's a distance where there's usually some kind of porta potty or something. A 10K, I don't know that that's going to be the case. Where is it going to yeah, be? Yeah, like, What's is there going to be? A, I don't know the route for this 10K. I, so I'm like, is there going to be a gas station? Is there going to be an opportunity to go to the bathroom? So I had a nine-mile long run this past weekend, and I was like, I have got to make it at least 6.2 miles without going to the bathroom I made it (laughs) 5.8 and it was so close so bad I was running so on my little route I run on a university and through a campus and I also run past my um, brother's house and he lives in a house with several other boys and it was bad enough that I came my brother wasn't home he drives this like aggressively green jeep so I always know if he's home Mm -hmm. he was not home and I was like am I going to have to knock on the door of these 20 year old boys house and ask to use their bathroom? Like, yes, I I didn't, I didn't thank goodness, but it's like saying like you start getting cramping, like stomach hurts. And I was talking Mm -hmm. to another runner friend and she was like, yes, I just ran my slowest half marathon literally because of this. I was talking to Madison. She's our little ortho. She's like, yeah, eventually I just got used to it, but she's also not like an anxious person. And I think that has something to do with it too. So Rachel, I was talking to Rachel and Rachel was like, yeah, it's a thing. And you know what? We're going to make an episode out of it. It's called Runner's so, Trot. It's called the Runner's Trot. Yes. It's called and Runner's it's Trot. a real thing. <laughs> There's a lot of theories on why this happens. I'm to the point I have to do something about it because it's literally making my overactivity worse. <laughs> like all jokes aside, like clenching 
my pelvic floor it, for that long it hurts it's it does not feel good and well and then because then like not only does it physically does it not feel good like you're uncomfortable just in, like your stomach and in your pelvic floor trying to squeeze everything together but then on top of that you add in like that's going to change your stride. Yeah. It's going to change your pace. It's going to change your like mechanics of running. If you're trying to keep your butt cheeks clenched and it's difficult, it's really, really hard. Giving me tailbone pain. Yes. And so it can really, really affect your pelvic floor and your running. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a st- and this was, the study was published a while back, but in the, the national library of medicine, 62% of long distance runners, had to stop during their run to have a bowel movement during the study that they yeah. did. So over half. So it's like a real, a real, real thing. It's very, it's a lot more common than you think it would be. A lot more common. Um, usually a little bit more common in like long distance runners. And it tends to be more frequent in women than men. Of mm, course. Amazing. Um, younger runners are more likely to get it than older ones. So my trials and tribulations from high school cross country, um, Callie dealing with that now, lots of things. There can be a lot of different symptoms that are kind of associated with this. And, you know, kind of thought to be that the longer you run, the worse these symptoms can be. So we've got bloating, belly cramps, diarrhea, heartburn, nausea, vomiting, even the chest pain, um, even having bloody stool and fecal incontinence or not being able to make it to the bathroom, not being able to hold it back. That is my worst fear, honestly. Oh, I was terrified. I like I said that what that story that I told that was only one of many. That was just the one that stuck out to me because I had witness. <laughs> there was someone else there, but like there were there were a couple times during practice there was and I knew exactly where the bathrooms were on like this trail. And so it was like, okay, like the bathroom is like a little bit more than um, like not quite two miles away, but like a little bit farther than like a mile and a half. And then if I'm going to be running, you know, eight miles then I'm going to need to time it here and then we're going to loop around this way. And there, there was one bathroom out there. There was just the one. And so it was like, you either made it there or you did it. Or you did it. Like, okay. Thankfully, I never had to go in the woods or like pull, <sighs> like run off and like into the, like on the side of the trail or anything. There was enough like cover that I think I would have been fine. But thankfully, it never came to that. Okay. I have a story and I wasn't going to tell it. Yep, girl. But I'm going to tell place. it. It's, it's not me. me. It's not me. <laughs> no one else is here right now. <laughs> this, she would die. I don't think she listens to this podcast. Uh-huh. So if you ever start listening and you hear this episode, I'm sorry. No one's going to know it's you because I'm not going to say any identifying factors. No, we'll factors. never say names here. This girl that I know decided like randomly to go for a run. Like she hadn't been run. She was just like, I'm going to get back into running. I'm going to do a little three mile jog. Sure. She gets away from her house. And this hits, like aggressively hits. And so she's like, I can't make it back to the house. And she's in tight, she's wearing running tights. Like she calls her husband. She's like, you have to come get me. And while he's on his way, it gets worse. It gets worse. So she's like, okay, I like, this is a code red emergent situation. Finds an alley in the middle of town by a dumpster and is like, I'm just, I I don't have a choice. Yeah. She doesn't get her tights pulled down in time. Oh, no. And she poops all over herself. 
So she like has to call her husband. She's oh. like bring trash bags, <laughs> like bring, and she then like ha- like he comes and gets her, and she's just like it's all over her tights, it's everywhere, and he has to like drive her back to the house with all these oh trash no. bags, and it was she said she just threw the tights away. She was, oh like, yeah, burn them. leave them like, in the alley, <laughs> set them on fire, she walk was, like, away. I was I was so done. So oh, that is horrible. That is my worst fear because yeah. that happened to someone I know. And it's, so I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so what in the world? Why does this happen? What is going on here? Walking and jogging actually tend to increase what we call gastric motility. And that's basically your movement, the movement of the stomach, the intestines, that the digestive system. Gastric motility is really, really important. And it's something that we've touched on a little bit here in in episodes in the past, mainly when we've been talking about scar tissue and restrictions and adhesions. When we have those adhesions, that's going to restrict or decrease gastric mobility. And so those people are more likely to deal with things like constipation. Um, whereas running and jogging, we actually get an increase in that gastric motility. Um, and so we get things that are just moving a little bit more. Sometimes that can move a little bit too quickly. Um, and then if you're sitting still, sometimes it, um, might be a little bit more too fast for what we can handle um it's not like pathological though no like that's that's the other thing it's not a sign that there's something wrong um sometimes it's literally just you know with running like you're going to be bouncing and like going up and down like that's going to increase how things are moving um well it makes sense in our com- constipation episode we talked about go for a walk it's going to aid yes. in digestion yep. so it's just we're really really speeding up digestion mm-hmm. the longer you run the more we continue to speed up that digestion Mm -hmm. and like Rachel said it's not a problem it's just kind of how the body works so the other thing that can happen is we're gonna when you start running you get decreased blood flow blood flow from the intestines your body Mm -hmm. kind of it goes back to that oh well if we're gonna be running we got to have the blood flow here now's a good time to send blood flow to the muscles rather than sit here and digest our food appropriately. So with that decreased blood flow, things just start to move through that digestive system a little bit quicker as well. Exactly. Your body isn't going to try to divert a ton of resources and energy, right? You're running. And again, like we said, long distance runners are more likely to deal with this than shorter distance runners. And so if you've been running for, you know, anywhere upwards of like five miles that is a long distance to me I don't know if that's considered long distance to everybody I'm like oh more than two okay so we're going for a marathon then um and so you know your your body is really going to need to divert those resources to your muscles like you've you're running you're burning through a lot of energy um which is why you'll see a lot of long distance runners they'll bring you know snacks and gatorades and you know hydrating powders and chews and stuff like that because you need to replenish those resources like that's where everything is going and then if you add any stress or anxiety on top of that like if it's on like a race day or if you're just stressed oh my goodness I almost pooped my pants last time is that going to happen this time if you have that anxiety going into it as well it can even just further increase that just unrest in your belly so I know before like part of my problem before long runs I get really 
excited. Like part of me is like nervous that, oh my goodness, I've never ran 10 miles before and I'm about to try to run 10 miles. But I'm also excited like, whoa, I get to run 10 miles. How cool is that that my body can do that? And my body cannot tell the difference between anxiety and excitement. Mm -hmm. Like it just releases the stress hormones and it wrecks my GI system. It's like we're here. That like I am so nervous. I'm glad we're doing a a 10K before we actually do the half because I'm very interested to see how my body does on a race day. But if you're like someone who is prone to anxiety as well, which I think a lot of runners are, I think a lot of times running starts as a way to, to mitigate that. Yes. And it does. And it helps. And we talked about that. I think in come as you are, she actually talks about how running is one of the ways to decrease Mm -hmm. stress and how it like that whole idea of, Oh, there's a lion. When you run, your body thinks, Oh, I've escaped the lion. lion. And so but a lot of runners can be kind of high anxiety or tend to be stressors. And so this is another thing that's going to really, really contribute to that. So lots of fun things. So many fun things. Another one I saw when I was researching, and I actually talked about with my friend that's a physical therapist that also runs. We both like to run in spandex like compression type mm-hmm. shorts because if you if you don't have like little tiny chicken legs when you're running those cute little like lululemon wind shorts like those get eaten if you have any type of thickness to your thighs i literally had like my th- rubbed my thighs raw yeah went during cross country. And the reason that I did it, and this is, I'm going to blame this entirely on my father. Um, so when I, I switched schools during high school, I went to one school for like eighth and ninth grade. And then I switched, um, for the rest of high school. But because I switched to a private school in Arkansas, the way that it, that like you have to do things is if you, transfer into a private school, you are ineligible to play sports for an entire year um, because they didn't want like athletes trying to get like scholarships. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, you're in high school. Like we, we don't need to, you know, be trying to do that. And so even though I switched from a private school to a private school, apparently that didn't matter. So I couldn't play sports for an entire year. And so the soccer team was like, so so welcoming welcoming enough that like I could at least practice with them like so I would go to practices with them and stuff and I was basically like the team manager basically fully with the intention that I would be officially joining the team next year and so my dad was like girl you haven't run like you have to do in soccer in a long time you're joining cross country and I was like no I don't want to and he said I don't care (laughs) said get over it so I had to do cross country and I was very upset about it. A side note, I do I did have one of my very first cross country meets the day of homecoming. And so I ran that full cross country meet. It was again, we're talking about summer heat Arkansas here. And so I was just like, I feel disgusting. All I want to do is go home and sleep. Had to go home, shower, then go to my hair and makeup appointment, then go get dressed. And it was just it was a mess. Anyway. So it's all my dad's fault. <laughs> so, and, and on like, it was just kind of like one of those things to like prepare for soccer. Yeah. And, like, that was like the endurance training that I was trying to get. Um, 
after cross country was over i think i revolted and like didn't run for probably a good there were a couple months like between like the end of cross country season and the start of soccer season and so i was just like no i'm not gonna go run anymore i'm just gonna lay down chafing is a real thing it's a real problem it it was really bad and so like doing all of that running and again arkansas heat and humidity like it was bad and so pro tip for you get the deodorant um like the gel deodorant not like the powder um not the white stuff the um mm-hmm. is that what it's called gel deodorant is yeah that what it is? yeah 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 get that put it on the inside of your legs well and they Makes even them super have, slick i have another friend she ran a marathon last year and she like she was like there's this little like actually it's like a chafing mm. glide mm-hmm. thing on amazon it's like nine bucks um so there's that but anyways that, so we i was talking to this friend we both like to wear the the compression shorts yeah. just because your your thighs don't eat them i get no chafing i have a brand that i love i wear them like every run and it's amazing but with they have a higher waistband and mm-hmm. they're not skin tight but there is like that little bit of compression mm-hmm. and so we were talking about like, does that impact it? Does that, and, and then I was doing some research and it said like having tighter clothes yeah. can restrict that blood flow even more. So we've got less blood flow. Now you've got something tighter on the abdomen, further restricting blood flow. And so then there was a whole conversation of, well, what do we do about that? Because mm-hmm. I do not want to run in like compression something at my waist, like that's not right. high-waisted, like right. have like a nice little muffin top right. while I'm running. <laughs> comfort when you're running is like so underrated I think and like once I found you know and I really haven't I don't remember the last time I went on a run so like I can't speak like super highly to this but once I found when I did run a lot especially in high school shorts that I felt comfortable in sports bras Mm -hmm. that I felt comfortable in I'm a little bit um chestier than your average gal and so like just like you're off the rack like target sports bras we're not doing like it was so uncomfortable and so finding a good sports bra that fit what type of shirt do I like to run in do I want to run in a shirt do I want to go just in my sports bra what kind of socks do I want like finding comfortable socks like where the seams running are. shoes yeah where the seams are how tight they like all of those things are so underrated the more comfortable that you have a point I promise but like the more comfortable that you feel during that run the like you're just gonna go into it with so much more ease Mm -hmm. which means less stress less anxiety less gastric discomfort so and it might take a little bit of trial and error you know finding what socks feel good for you and you know do you like taller socks do you like shorter socks what kind of trail are you going to be running on is this going to be the sidewalk is it going to be um you know is it paved is it gravel is it the side of the road is it you know like a hiking trail you know all of those things so again if you can like find what you feel comfortable in and if you are dealing with this with you know runners trot pretty frequently find something that's easy to get on and off Mm -hmm. find something that's easy to get on and off yeah um diet can also be huge Huge. like fiber is the obvious one but like restricting fiber that's one. That's the big one. I think that's what everyone goes to. But the other ones I found that people don't think about as much is glucose, which is sugar, mm-hmm. dairy, and gluten. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not celiac, if you have a little bit of a gluten intolerance, that can become magnified with that 
decreased digestion, the decreased motility, mm-hmm. the decreased blood flow. And so if you've got a little bit of a gluten intolerance, so you're irritating that bowel system even more, it can really cause problems. So I have a little bit of a gluten intolerance and I probably have not been doing at, like I do really good the few days before, but I think if I would be stricter with that, it would probably help. I've also been pounding yogurt because it's so high protein and it's mm-hmm. just a great high protein snack. Like you can grab a little yogurt that's 12 grams of protein for your, for a snack. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really that's high, pr- yeah, like that's nice really good. protein snack or the little drinks if you're on a, on the go and that's a 10, um, 10 grams of protein. And so that's another thing that's important when you're running or doing any kind of Absolutely. exercising is making sure you're giving your body what it needs to fuel and to keep those muscles healthy and to repair those tissues as you're increasing that stress. So I've got a lot to play with there. Yeah. Is it dairy? Is it gluten? Is it both? Is it sugar? That's another thing. My race Mm -hmm. fuel is, um, my race fuel, my long run fuels are fruit snacks. Mm -hmm. Like I just pop a fruit snack after about four miles and it's fantastic. But then I'm like, I wonder if that sugar is part of the problem. Possibly. So caffeine is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, caffeine is a big um, gastric mobilizer, if you will. That's why you got to poop after you drink your morning coffee. Um, and so eliminating, and you know, sometimes it's like, okay, well, I'm about to go on a run. Like, let me get some energy. Um, you want to make sure that you're getting that energy, especially if you're going on a long run. Like that caffeine is in the short term, not going to give you the boost that you need to sustain you through that entire run. And so getting that energy from, you know, maybe something else, like a, like a good quality meal um, is going to be a little bit more effective and beneficial. Um than, you know, like an energy drink right before. Um, the best way you really want to make sure that you know where, uh, what those food triggers are for you because it's going to be different for everybody. Like we've talked about on here a gazillion times. Everybody is different. Everybody's different. Um, but keeping a journal and recording, okay, how, you know, when did I have my meal or like, what did I eat last before I started this run? What was it? You know, was it an hour before? Was it two hours before? Did I have, you know, ice cream or did I have like a protein bar and a Gatorade? You know, that kind of thing. Keeping that list that way, you know, the more often that it happens, you have more data to look back on and really see, oh, okay, when I eat 30 minutes before I run, doesn't matter what I eat, but if it's 30 minutes, I'm going to have to stop my run and poop. If it's an hour, I'm fine. So having that can be really good information. So I I sort of did that in one of the best long runs, like with the best GI health I ever had. I had Indian food the night before. Nice. Which I kind of thought, I was like, this could be really good or yeah. really bad because it's really got, you've got the rice, so we're getting some heavy carbs. Mm-hmm. It was chicken breast was the meat, so you've got some good lean protein there the night before. 
but it's also spicy and yeah full of all. so i was like this could i was like this could actually could be go either way a, this could potentially be devastating yeah <laughs> um and it was fine but the worst like the biggest problem i had was when i had pizza the night before mm. which kind of feeds back into my gluten and dairy because sure the indian food the curry a lot of times it's made with a coconut milk and it's almost mm. always gluten-free if you don't get the naan and stuff and so it just kind of reinforced that theory. So the the journal thing is a really good idea. If you have a really good run, think back to what did I eat before? What did I eat after? Mm-hmm. When caffeine is your trigger, I would say watch the gels and watch the chews and mm-hmm. watch the hydration that you buy because we really like the the noon hydration, but a lot of them have caffeine. So we mm-hmm. have, we specifically get the one without caffeine for our runs. But a lot of those gels and chews, it'll say with caffeine, which in theory sounds like a great idea because you're like, I want a little caffeine boost in the middle of my race, right? Get me, get me going, course. get me energized. But if you're having problems with your bowels, that's not going to be the move. Not going to be ideal. So take a look at like the ingredients on some of those gels and chews and stuff like that, just to make sure that you're not getting anything that could potentially trigger some of that gastric motility, if that's something that you're trying to avoid. But other than that, um, in your little running pouch or backpack, just pack some hand sanitizer and toilet paper. Yeah. Always be prepared. (laughs) One thing that, like, my dad, and I'm so glad that he, like, passed this on to me was just, like, just bring toilet paper everywhere. (laughs) Like, put it in every bag that you have. Not, like, an overnight bag, obviously, but, like, if you're going out hiking or camping or, you know, even, like, here in Amarillo, like, even if you're just going to the canyon, like, just, just in case, just take it with you just to be sure because you never know. (laughs) You never know never know a few other things that they think can contribute are um alcohols obviously but then insects which i thought was interesting um yeah i saw that too because i think my one of my friends who runs would always take advil before her run Mm -hmm. she's like i know my knees are gonna hurt i'm gonna get ahead of the inflammation Right, right and a lot of runners have knee pain and so they'll just like oh i'll just you know pop a couple Advil, but that can be part of your problem. So if that's part of your, if that, that was another interesting one. I have not had, I've not taken insides on a run, but I definitely won't be now. Yeah. The, the, and it's basically the way that those NSAIDs work just like that, um, method of action, that pharmacological kind of pathway. Um, they do have some GI side effects. They can, um, it can kind of target some of that, uh, lining in the stomach. Um, and so that can lead to things like abdominal pain, heartburn, nausea, and diarrhea as well. So we already have, you know, running the, you know, impact, the bouncing, the up and down, the change in blood flow and nutrients kind of contributing to some of that gastric motility. And then if you add NSAIDs on top of that, we're just kind of feeding into that cycle a little bit more. So basically just to the story, write it all down. If you are experiencing this, um, make sure that, you know, kind of figure out what your triggers are, how to avoid them, get that good plan before going into a big race. If that is something that you're doing. And then if you don't make it to the bathroom in time, 
Come see us. We'll help you. One of the things I saw, and I want to get, I, I don't know. So one of the things I saw, it was like, empty your bowels before going on a run. Mm-hmm. So like drink coffee and all that before, 30 minutes before. I feel like that would backfire for me. That's yeah. been my fear. That's the like the one thing I haven't tried is like doing all, it was like eat, take a fiber supplement and drink coffee and then go to the bathroom before. I do not, my body, it's not, I don't trust my body enough to do that. No, same. That I'm like, mm. And that might just be our overactivities talking of like, you know, maybe, you know, potentially like not emptying all the way during that time, like right after and then going, starting your run and then having that stimulate the gut even further and being like, eh, you thought you were done, but surprise, there's more left in here. I would have to do it like, a couple hours before. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know that I would be like, okay, pooped, like, I'm ready to go run now. Like, I don't know if I would trust it, like, immediately after that. I saw that, too. And that was, like, I mean, and even in soccer and stuff, too. Like, sure, you always felt better. We always called it um, PGPs, pregame poops. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all had them. We were all pretty regular in that sense. <laughs> and, but, you know, we, at that point, we were like, all right, cool, great, feel ready to go now. But at the same time, it wasn't, like, I don't know. It just, it wasn't like that. F- I don't know. I yeah, don't know. That's what, I just don't, I don't trust it. I don't know. And I, don't I know also, I would trust it either. it's still hot. Even though it's September, it's still like 90 degrees mm-hmm. in the afternoon. And so if you're going to run nine, 10 miles, I want to get started. So I've got a very small window, right? Yeah. That, I mean, I could get up at 5 a.m., but I run on the weekends and I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. on the weekends. So it's my problem. I'm the problem. But if we've got a small window of when it's light outside, but also cool enough to comfortably run. And so I don't have the time to sit there and like drink coffee and be like, well, I hope this works. If not, I don't know. Maybe it would work. Maybe that's part of my problem is I stress and I overthink, which is why I have these problems (laughs) on the run. Yeah. This so is why we have the problem like in the first place. A, yeah. It's just a bad cycle. But if you are a runner and you have some advice for our listeners or me, yeah. just write in. Or me. <laughs> in case it's information that somebody needs to know, it's me. I'm somebody. <laughs> it's Kelly. Um, <laughs> Kelly I needs need to know. know. Write in. Let us know. Because it, I truly believe it is bad for your pelvic floor. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, holding, yeah, holding it back, holding it in can be even worse. And... You know, you get the little duck waddle going and it's just nobody's happy. Nobody wins. I also came very close. There's a coffee shop on campus called 1330. And I was this close to going into the coffee shop and asking to use their bathroom. But I felt so weird about it. I was like, "Mm, I don't know. Come back and buy something later. I know that's what I was like. Okay, if I ever have to go in there, I'm gonna have to count because I've literally never been there before, and I yeah. don't feel like I look like a college kid anymore. So I don't feel like I could pass for. I got asked if I was in college the other day. <sighs> I was at. Um, we went to Orlando for Crime Con. It was so much fun, by the way. Um, and we were in. They had like a little outlet mall, and so we went to what was it? We were at Levi's, and. They were, they were having like this really big sale, girl math. It was like, if you got, um, it was like you buy one pair of jeans, you get the, the another one fifty percent off. Um, and I had found a pair of jeans and a pair of shorts and they were like, oh no, like the shorts aren't included, but they are still 30% off. So I was like, okay, well obviously that just means that I have to get another pair of jeans. Like again, girl math. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they were like, but like you're a student, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. 
yes, but I don't have my ID. No. (laughs) (laughs) And they like gave me the student discount anyway. And I was like, God bless you. Thank you so much. But yeah, it made me feel really, really special. They were like, oh yeah, like, do you just like, do you have your student ID on you? And I was like, no, I don't. But thank you. (laughs) I, when I got my running, I got my running shoes at Get Fit, which not a paid advertisement, but I do like Get Fit a lot Mm -hmm. here. I've heard really good things. And didn't love the guy that was, he was Mm -hmm. very clearly like a college bro. Mm -hmm. Knew nothing about running. Yeah. Which if you're going to work at a running store, like at least pretend. And especially if you're going to like, because I remember like the running stores that I've been to, like the running shoe stores that I've been to, it's like, okay, take off your shoes. Now walk, now run. Like, let me watch yeah. you. Let me look at your mechanics. Yeah, that's, that's typically the experience yeah. in there. Yeah. Like, Carson just got some shoes from there. And she was like, okay, do you overpronate or do you supinate? Can you, yeah. like, and she, like, talked to me. And she was like, have you ever considered insoles? And it was a whole thing. And that was the experience I'd had in the past. But I went this yeah. time. So take this with a grain of salt. Cause, and if you, I don't think he still works there. But poor guy was not with it and he was asking me about how many miles I run which is like the standard questions and I was telling him and he was like oh sick so are you on your high school's cross-country team and I was like sir not only have I graduated from high school I've graduated from grad school I got three degrees like no he was and then he was like he's like oh college and I was like yeah, no. Yes. No. Yep. I was like, I just, I just run for fun, and he was like, gross. <laughs> you know, like, same. I have that same sentiment. Sometimes. I was like, you work at a running store, like, yeah. I mean, it's what like hiking and stuff too. But he was like, oh, gross. Gross. <laughs> and then he so proceeds funny. to sell me, and I'm not gonna say the brand, the worst pair of running shoes. Oh, no. They were. horrible horrible for my feet I got home I ran two miles in them and I took them back the next day and I was like I need something else this is the most miserable shoe I've ever had and then I actually had someone who knew what they were doing and so that was like the last time my age got guessed wrong and that was again take that with a grain of salt because that poor guy (laughs) he didn't know what he was he did not know what he was doing we'll forgive him but we'll forgive him well, moving on <sighs> to more fun things. Rachel, do you have a patient one? You go first, because I have been out of town, so I need to think about okay. this for a second. Okay. <laughs> Let me go back through my, my list. I, I, okay, I love this patient. I say that with everyone. Her and this her husband, her and her husband have been married for, I think almost 30 years at this point. And these two are like newlyweds. Like I saw them out and about in public one time Mm -hmm. and it was just, they're so cute and she's so cute. And she had been having a little bit of pain with intercourse and she came back in and she was like, oh no, like it's completely fine. She was like, and I, I saw her pretty close. Like I saw her on Thursday and then again on Monday. So Mm -hmm. pretty close. And she was like, yeah. Um, everything's going great. Like we're back to normal. We were hoping for twice on Sunday, but we only got (laughs) once because he had to be up early to catch a flight. And I was like, Oh, and she was like, I was a little bit disappointed, but I understood like he needed to get some sleep. And 
I just love it. Number one, I love when my patients have good, healthy, yes. awesome relationships after 30 years. I love, love, love seeing a good, healthy relationship. Nothing yes. makes me happier. No. Number two, sex is not everything in a relationship by far. But sure. when I have a couple that has this awesome, amazing, healthy relationship, they're both supportive, loving partners. And that has been a big part of their life. And pain has prevented that from being as big of a part of their life and they both love it and they both miss it being able to help them get back to that is so rewarding because you can just she just came in with the glow and I was like yes "Yes, I love this I love this for you also she came in with pretty bad back pain and usually back pain pelvic floor stuff that stuff goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. and so we did a couple of things did some manual therapy and then got her moving in the gym to get some little bit of neuromuscular re-education after that manual therapy and she was like like I thought she was gonna do a cartwheel or something she was like like around the gym like a little kid she was like my back doesn't hurt she's like twisting all over she's like my back doesn't hurt my back I don't remember the last time it wasn't like there my back doesn't hurt my and just like moving and bending and twisting and I couldn't even get her to focus right like the rest of the time because she was just like my back doesn't hurt my back doesn't hurt that is awesome. It's, that's it that's was just so, so good. fun. And I, I think that like goes into, we've kind of said it on here a little bit where it's just like, you don't realize how devastating and how impacting pain can be until it's gone. Yes. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, I can do all of these things that I've been wanting to do. And it's just like, I didn't realize, you know, how, how free it is to not be in that pain. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. What's your patient? Okay. Um, so this patient, I first started seeing her, I'm like going back in everything July 28th. So like not that long ago, maybe like two months. Um, she has, she was having a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on. Um, symptoms in every category, urinary, bowel, sexual, um, low back pain, hip pain, like pretty much everything. Um, and then it had also been in a car accident back in March that just exacerbated a lot of the pain that she was in already. Um, and so she had a, also had had like a reconstructive surgery, like a pelvic reconstructive surgery a week before she got into this accident. So there was a lot of things that were still trying to heal on top of getting T-boned. Um, and so she would have incontinence just like out of the blue without feeling any urge, without having any stress or anything like that would literally just start leaking. Um, she is in 10 out of 10 pain the vast majority of the time. Um, pretty significant, um, overactivity, complicating other factors. We got fibromyalgia, lupus, osteoarthritis. She's got Sjogren's, COPD, Raynaud's. Um, And so after working with her, I think we did the, we did the internal exam that first day. I saw her a week later, a week later. And she was like, that completely resolved all of my pain. like complete resolution of pain following that internal release. Um, and so we did that a couple more times and now really she's like, I really just feel kind of stiff in my neck and shoulders. 
Like, and I was not expecting to have like that level of response. I was expecting that, that response, but not that immediately, not that just, just like I said, just that immediate, she came in, she was like, I literally felt like a completely different person. She has barely had any leakage in the last like two weeks, three weeks. Um, very little pain, um, has been able to go to her son's, you know, cross country meets and basketball games and is like, she's, she's even said, she's like, I feel so much more present as a mom. (sighs) And I was like, I was like, that is one of the best gifts that I can give you. So that's been really awesome working with her. Like I said, I was not expecting that immediate change in her symptoms. It's awesome that we were able to get that, but I was still just kind of like, wait, what already? Great. Cool. Um, I don't know what to do with you now. (laughs) It's like, I kind of took up my plans. We've talked before. We tell people, and I I stand by this, you don't have to participate in an internal Mm -hmm. exam or internal treatment. However, for so many people, it is so beneficial. And so I always try to have that conversation when any, anytime someone refuses, especially if Mm -hmm. it's a painful condition, I say, I hear your no. And I'm, we're not going to do that today. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that today. This is what we're going to do respecting today. that. Instead, yeah. I'm going to explain to you why I want to do that. Now, even though I'm explaining this is I'm not trying to talk you into it. I'm just going to tell you and then you can think about it. But this is what we're going to do today. Mm-hmm. And so then I will go because I don't ever want someone to feel like I'm trying to coerce Absolutely. that. But I want Absolutely. them to know my clinical reasoning. Yeah. And so I'm like, we're going to go out to the gym and do these things. But this is why I recommended that initially. Mm-hmm. And I explain it. And then a lot of times people will come in that next time and they'll bring it up. Hey, can we do that? Can we try that Mm -hmm. internal today? Can we? I was just thinking about that. Um, And so, like I said, while it's never anything you have to do for so many people like that patient, it can be so beneficial if you can get over some of those mental barriers. As a patient, don't ever feel weird or awkward or uncomfortable asking for it. Because yeah. I, I, I've had a couple patients that are like, I know this sounds kind of weird, but like, can we do internal today? I'm like, heck yeah, girl. Like, no, there's nothing weird about it. There's nothing weird about it. Um, I think that they're, they just kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, is it weird that I'm asking for this particular treatment? No, not at all. Especially if that's what gives you the most relief. If that's what benefits you more than anything else. Girl. Yeah, like, of it's course like, we can do that. Of course we can do that. It's like going to your gynecologist and being like, hey, I know I'm not due for a pap smear for another year, but I've got kind of these funky things going on. Can we do a pap smear? Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. just healthcare. It, it, it it's is just, and it's your healthcare yeah. and we're here for you. Yeah. And if that's what you feel like you need um, and we feel like it's appropriate, we're like, yeah, or if not, we'll say, like, we'll give you a reason. Hey, this is why I think you don't need it. But if you want to mm-hmm. check again, we'll still do whatever. Absolutely. So, Yeah, I agree with that. Don't ever feel weird. And I always tell people, I'm always going to give you an overview, a recommendation of what I, how I saw today going, Mm -hmm. but it's a recommendation. And so if you're not okay with something or if you want to try something or if you have questions, ask because we're here for you. Yeah. This is just my plan A. I've got plans B through Z already in my head. So whatever we want to do, we can do. So, but Anything make your overactivity worse this week mm. besides having to poop when you run? Yeah, I, man, I had something. I was, um, 
Oh, I have one. So I don't know if you guys remember my mouse story about how I was like terrified and I made my uh-huh. husband put out like 50 mouse traps. We never caught a mouse. We never saw a mouse. We've never, not once have we seen or trapped or anything with a mouse. And my husband baited these traps with peanut butter. And so now I'm like, it's like in our garage, the peanut butter is starting to mold a little bit. And so I'm like, we need to get rid of those traps. And I'm sure all I have to do is say to my husband, can you get rid of those traps? And they will be done. But in my mind, I was, I was home Friday and he works on Fridays and I was trying to figure out like how to get rid of the trap without it like smushing Mm -hmm. my finger, like, like how I set off the trap and undo it. Cause I've never touched a mouse trap in my life. And I just like couldn't bring up the nerve to do it. So these mouse traps with moldy peanut butter are sitting in my garage until I either ask my husband to do something about it or figure out how to detonate a mouse trap. (laughs) Detonate it. Oh my goodness. That is so funny. You're going to do great. Thanks. I'll keep you updated. We'll see. Let us know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it goes. Honestly... I'm probably just going to have Carson handle it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, my overactivity was made worse by my flight adventures. <laughs> um, I feel like I've talked about it on here. I just have the worst luck you, flying. It's, it's comical at this point. It really is. And I expect it at this point, um, which doesn't make me any less inconvenienced. <laughs> However, and it was so funny too. So last couple of times that I have had to, fly anywhere it's been delayed my luggage has gotten lost flights have been canceled altogether like I missed one of my cousin's weddings um like just anything it's it always happens it always happens and so the last flight that I took was to Pittsburgh for I was for um my competition and things actually went really really well I had like one delay but it was only like an hour I think and so like it really wasn't bad at all um we did have to like we got on the plane but then we had to deplane and they ended up having to get us a new plane at a new gate and everything which honestly it was fine I was fine with at that point because it was the brakes that weren't working and I was like I was like that's fine I was like you take all the time that you need I would I would much rather I'll I'll wait for a plane with working brakes that's fine with me (laughs) I wasn't in a hurry and so this time we and so like that was it that was like the only thing that happened the time before that was pretty fine too and so I went to Orlando with my mom for a true crime convention which was wonderful I highly recommend crime con if there are any other true crime fans out there they did a phenomenal job of keeping things like respectful and about like the victims and the families and everything like that and we got to hear some like really cool talks from private investigators attorneys defense attorneys the prosecutors um criminal profilers like everything it was really really interesting anyway and so we're on our way back to the airport we're literally like in the car driving back and I literally said to my mom I was like wow I've actually think that I've like I think my bad luck with flying is kind of starting to even out a little bit like it hasn't been bad the last couple times that I've flown like on my way here I had no issues whatsoever like everything was great no delays didn't lose my luggage. like everything was great like I think that it's I think that I paid my dues I paid my restitution to whatever flight gods I pissed off and so we get into the airport 
I am trying to check my luggage. I'm at like the little self-serve kiosk thing and it's not printing the luggage tag and it just keeps giving me an error and it's just like unable to process your request at this time or whatever. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like why? And so they finally send me up to the agent at the desk and she's like, I have no idea what this error even means. Like I've never even seen this before. Like I, it's not like letting me collect a payment. I can see that you tried to do it online, but like the payment didn't go through for some reason and like this isn't working this isn't working i don't know what to do they had ended up having to like manually put it into the into the computer so finally got my luggage tag i'm like okay great we get through security we get on our flight and so we fly back into dfw my mom we had our connecting flights out were different because she's in arkansas and i'm in texas and so they left at like the same time and we were just sitting there. We had a little bit. We were, we got some food. She's, you know, we're about to start heading off to our respective terminals. And I get a text that my flight is now delayed two hours. And I was just like, what? Why? What? Why? 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 Couldn't figure it out. Like there, and of course they never tell you, they never tell you why it's delayed, just that it is. And so my mom gets on her flight. Okay. I was like, all right, well, guess this is it. Bye. I'm going to hang out here for another couple hours. I think it ended up being closer to three by the time that we took off. And so I was just like sitting there <laughs> in the terminal, just waiting for the plane to get there. And I was just like, I shouldn't have said anything. I jinxed myself. I did this to myself. So I got to sit in the, in the DFW airport for three extra hours. The worst part about a flight being delayed is it'll be like, it's delayed 15 minutes. And then you mm -hmm. think, and then that time rolls around and it, you can still see the plane's not here. So then it's like another delay. Yep. But it's like, you always think it's close. Yep. And especially when I first started flying, I was like, oh, okay. It's just this little it's delay. Just 15 minutes. And then, that time, just 15 and then minutes. that time comes and goes and the plane's still not yep. there. And you're like, oh, so this no. is just a trick. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is just to this hold out just, yeah. false hope. No, we were literally sitting there and it was like boards in two minutes. And I like look out the window and the plane isn't even there at the gate. And I'm like, mm, does it? Does okay. it now? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. But and it, it ended up being fine, you know, made it home, got my luggage. They didn't lose anything. So it worked out fine. But talk about stress. That is so flying is so stressful. It is. I don't care if I'm going to like for our honeymoon, flying to Mexico, yeah. where I really didn't even do anything except for show up, but just like waiting for the planes. And I don't know. It's it's stressful. It is stressful. Very, it's stressful. very stressful. Well, I'm glad you made it back safe. Glad you had we made fun. it. It was so fun. <sighs> I didn't find a way to make it pelvic floor related, I so I don't think we can do an entire episode on CrimeCon. But it's no fun. It was a great time. So, um, if you guys have anything you want to hear, please write in yeah. and let us know. We always have things we want to talk about, but we want to talk about what you guys want to hear. Mm -hmm. So if you guys think, hey, this would be super cool. I'd love to hear about this. Write in, let us know. We'll do an episode on it. Yeah, so. let us know. Um, send us your questions. Send us your patient wins. Yeah. Send us your resumes and job applications That's to come seriously. work with us. Um, we are still yeah. hiring. I think we're hiring ortho pelvic floor mm -hmm. so even even if you're not interested in pelvic floor or you have friends that aren't are interested in pelvic floor or ortho whatever come work here it's an awesome environment we have a blast 
we've got two new ortho girls right now who I love. They are so fun. They bring such a fun new energy to the clinic. They do. Um, Camille, they're like ortho mom, the the owner of that side. She was like, they're literally the ortho you and Rachel. And it's so funny because they they (laughs) so are. Like one of them's blonde, one's brunette, one's high strung, one's really chill, one's engaged, one's dating single i mean they're so it's just so funny they it's are us. very much yep. like the ortho version of us so i love them both so much it's we have been, a good time we have a great time we have a good time so come join the team come hang out we would love to have you um you can find our job postings on indeed um or if you have any information just about the positions please write in and let us know we'd love to chat with you about them absolutely so, but i think that's it mm-hmm. so your psa this week um, no. your PSA this week is if you're having the running trots, look at all the things we talked about. Look yeah. at your diet. Um, look at your clothing, look at your caffeine intake and come see us. Yes, please. Okay. Bye guys. Goodbye. Bye.